Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Uh, we want to take a moment, welcome those who are at First Norfolk on Volvo. Everybody welcome them. What an awesome time it is for us to gather together. Uh, I want everybody uh, at uh, your locations, wherever, whichever location you're at, I want you to take a moment and I want you to uh, ask the person next to you, what is your name? Now, you might already know their name, but go ahead and ask them right now. Person next to you, what is your name? Everybody needs to have one name, okay? Everybody needs to have one name. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do with this one name, all right? So, uh, the person whose name you have, who, whatever it is, okay, this week, we begin a journey as a church uh, at 1 o'clock every day. We're going to pray one minute for one thing. Okay, so every person here uh, is going to take one minute at one o'clock today, tomorrow, all the way to next Saturday to pray for that one person whose name you now have. All right, so you take one person, one o'clock for one minute, you pray for that person. Imagine how many people are getting prayed for every single day. because we do this, all right? So, so we're going to take this time. Now, next Sunday, we're going to do one minute at 1 o'clock. We're going to pray for something different, okay, uh, for next week. But I'll let you know what that is, okay? So uh, we're beginning this journey, one, one, one. And uh, this week, go ahead and set the alarm on your phone. I went ahead and put uh, that uh, reminder on my phone so that at 1 o'clock today and 1 o'clock Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'm going to get a reminder to pray for the one person whose name I got at the 8 o'clock worship gathering. So uh, you be sure and, and commit to do that. Let's develop a lifestyle of praying. Uh, and you might say, well, one minute's not that big deal. But you think about corporately, if we have... 1,500 people praying at the same time for one minute. You think what that will do. That will accomplish much. And uh, so I'm excited about this journey we're taking. So uh, you pray for that one person. Now, uh, you might also be praying for Florence. Do you all know who Florence is? Florence. Florence is that tropical depression or tropical storm that may turn into a hurricane that is headed toward the East Coast. And and if you are like I am, you've been watching uh, that for some time. You've been watching them track it. Isn't it amazing how they can track those storms like that? And, and uh, yesterday, they could track it all the way to Wednesday, and, and they have the cone of confidence or whatever that is. I don't know. Uh, but they have this, this, uh, this range of where uh, Florence might hit if, if all things remain the same. Uh, it is going to be an interesting journey next week, and, and, and I pray that Florence uh, loses her strength and power out there in the, in, in, uh, in the water, and we'll pray for that in. But uh, uh, the truth is, uh, it is, uh, it is an amazing thing to be able to track a hurricane. Uh, now, hurricanes are bad no matter what. Am I right? Hurricanes are bad no matter what, but... Imagine what it was like before they tracked hurricanes. Imagine what it was like before they had the technology or even the understanding to be able to track a hurricane. You realize hurricanes still hit the coast before we track them. 
Imagine what it was like to go to bed at night and all of a sudden in the middle of the night you hear the raging wind blowing like crazy and you, you, you hear the thump in your backyard as the tree comes crashing down and you get up and you want to turn on the lights but there's no power because everything's out and you look up and down the street and it's just carnage and the wind is still blowing and the rain is still coming and the waters start flooding and, and you're sitting there and you're going, oh my goodness, what is this? You see, before we tracked hurricanes, there was no warning. They just hit. It's amazing. It's amazing how similar that is to real life. I mean, life like you and I live. Uh, life, every day we wake up, and, and for many of us, it's like walking in a hurricane, unexpected, hit by surprise, the gale force winds just blistering our face, the, the power's out, and we're stuck in the darkness, and all we hear is the cacophony of chaos all around us, and, and we don't know what to do. We're stuck, and and many of us are living in that kind of chaos and that kind of anxiety and fear. I mean, you walk through a hurricane, you live for a hurricane that you were expecting, and, and, and it's still filled with anxiety, but you have a hurricane hit that you weren't expecting. Can you imagine the, the stress that that would bring? Life can be like that. It, life is, is like a, a journey through the deep, dark forest. And you're, you're walking through the deep, dark forest, this, this journey of life, walking in the forest, it's dark and it's nighttime and there are no lights and you don't know where the, the trips and the trail are. You don't know where the cliffs uh, are, the, 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 the edges that live, lead you off a precipice into, into your own ruin. You don't know where, uh, where the, the stops in the path are. You don't know where the trees are. You don't know where the, the animals are, the, the robbers and the thieves are to attack you. You're just stuck in the dark. And, and wouldn't it be great if while you're walking along that trail in the forest in the dark, wouldn't it be great if someone were to come up alongside you, put their hand on your shoulder and say, hey, I'm with you. Don't worry. I know exactly where you're going. I know every twist and turn in the trail to get you there. Don't worry. I know where you're going. I know the danger points. I know where the robbers are. I know where the ups are. I know where the downs are. Don't worry. I'm with you. And as long as I'm with you, you're going to be okay. Wouldn't that be great? It is great. Because that's exactly what God has done for those who belong to him. God comes alongside us. And yes, the darkness is still there. And the gale force winds are still blowing. And, and we're still stuck in the storm. And, 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 and we're still filled with a sense of uncertainty. But here's the good news. God has come alongside us. And he puts his hand on our shoulder. And he says, I'm with you. Don't worry. I've got this. Don't worry. I've got you. I know where all the twists and turns in the trail are. All the trips. 
I know the ups and I know the downs. I know where you're going and I know exactly how to get you there safely. Don't worry. I'm with you. And as long as I'm with you, you'll be okay. That is the lesson that we learn today in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapters 16 through 20. As we look in, this, in these uh, few chapters in Exodus, remember what we looked at last week. We saw how that God, um, in his love, provided a way out of bondage in Egypt, a way through disappointment and difficulty for the children of Israel, uh, and, and, and how he was leading them toward hope. And how that God in his great grace through Jesus, our Passover lamb, has provided a way out of sin's chain and shame for you and me. Through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, when we place our faith in Jesus, we are set free. And that's good news. That's the bedrock of who we are. God has made a way out of our chains. And when we walk with Jesus, we know that we're walking uh, through even Red Sea moments, but God is still the God who parts the seas. And he leads us on a way out of our disappointment and difficulty toward hope. Today we pick up the story in Exodus 16, children of Israel in the wilderness, and as they make their way to the promised land, God has something to say to them. I want you to turn in your copy of Scripture to Exodus chapter 19. We're going to look at verses 3 through 6, and then we're going to refer to the rest of the story. So Exodus 19, beginning in verse 3. Moses went up to God. Now, they're at Mount Sinai. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth belongs to me. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And these are the words which I believe God wants us to hear today. I, I want you to key in there in verse 4 where God says, Hey, remember, remember how that I bore you on eagles' wings. What's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about how that he took them up out of bondage in Egypt and led them uh, safely to where they are today. And, and, and that was a beautiful statement, but it also applies to us. If you're a follower of Jesus, understand he has borne you on eagle's wings. He has taken you up, being born on eagle's wings, out of bondage in our slavery to sin. He's picked us up and he's led us forward on eagle's wings. Now, eagle's wings, that that talks about transportation. 
He bore us on eagle's wings. That, that's where we, we get to ride piggyback with God. I mean, that's where he said, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you. where They wouldn't get through the Red Sea if it weren't for the transportation system that God provided. They wouldn't have escaped Pharaoh's army if it weren't for the transportation system that God had provided. And you and I are living in a day and a time where we have lots of ways to get from point A to point B. But can I tell you, the only way for us to get from point A to point B with a satisfied soul is if God is the one who's doing the driving. He's bearing us up on eagle's wings. Transportation, but it's not just transportation, it's also protection. See, uh, uh, being born on eagle's wings is a symbol. We read about it in Isaiah 40, uh, 28 through 31. It, it's a picture of God's protection. It's not just transportation, it's protection. It's being hidden under his wings so that we are protected by him. He's watching over us. He's caring for us. We're under the shadow of his wings. He's guarding us each day. We're under his care. It's transportation. It's protection. But it's also look at the destination. You see, God doesn't pick us up out of bondage. He doesn't rescue us from sin's embrace through the death of Christ on a cross uh, and a resurrection from Jesus from the dead. He didn't do that just so we could be happy, happy, happy. Jesus didn't rescue us from sin's embrace and, and, and uh, just so that we could uh, get to heaven when we died. It, Jesus didn't get us out of bondage to our sin just so that we could live life any way we wanted to live it. No, G- God has rescued us from sin's embrace so that he might bear us up on eagle's wings, last phrase, to himself. See, the, the destination is the presence of God. Intimacy with Him. It's, 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 you're here today not so that you can get a good talk, not so that you can hear a good story or get a good song or be with good people. That's not why, maybe why you're here, but that's not why God has you here. See, God has you here for one purpose, and that is for you to be drawn closer to Himself. God has made a way, this avenue for you and for me to be drawn closer to himself. And that's why we're here. So as as God begins to take the children of Israel, he's saying the goal of this journey is not just so you can escape bondage in Egypt, not just so that you can be safe, not just so that you can be happy, but so that you will be with me. And friends, that's your goal as well. The way that we live each day with a satisfied heart and soul is when we live each day intimately in the presence of the living God. We're going to look how that unpacks in the next few moments, but but as we look at this passage, I I want us to get the big idea here, and and, and that is that God, um, God has provided exactly what we need to live in His promise. And what is His promise? His promise is that we would be in His presence. What is his promise? His promise is that we would be a special treasure to him. What is his promise? His promise is that we would uh, be a a kingdom of priests unto him, a a holy nation, a holy people. Uh, That's his promise. And and so we can live in that promise uh, as we walk in the provision that God has made. God's made every provision that we need to live in intimacy with him. And by the way, God has made 
the provision for you and me in this place, at this time, at this very moment, to be more intimate with him, to know him more, to be drawn closer to him. And, and I want you to know we make excuses as to why we're not closer to God. If I could get a better Bible study, if Beth Moore would just come out with something different, then I could get closer to God again. Well, we, make, we make all kinds of reasons uh, why we can't get closer to God. Uh, we get, I'd get closer to God if the lights weren't so bright in that church. If they weren't so bright, I could get closer to God. We have reasons. We have excuses as to why, oh, I can't get closer to God. Uh, can, can I just say this? Please, 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 please. Those who say, preacher, I'd get closer to God if you'd just preach a little bit differently. As if the way I talk is somehow an obstacle to you growing in intimacy with God. Now, if that's been your reason, can I just say to you, you need to get over it because that's a bad reason. God has given you everything that you need, everything that I need to grow in intimacy with him. And if you're here today and and you're saying, oh, if that preacher, if you just preach a little bit different, if you weren't so loud or if you weren't so soft, but nobody's ever said I've been too soft, but if you weren't so loud, you know, then I could grow closer. Can I just tell you, I know that I'm not Cary Grant and I'm not Gregory Peck. I'm a little like Jason Statham, but not a lot. I've been compared to Jim Carrey at times as well. But friends, I'm not a movie star, and I'm not here for your entertainment. And by the way, you're not here to be entertained. You're here to be drawn closer into the presence of God, and he's already provided everything you need to do that. It's not my fault if you don't do it. Okay? Now, I say that because I love you. I really do. I don't say that out of meanness. I say it out of kindness. I want you to grow in Christ. I want you to grow closer to him and stop using everybody else as a reason as to why you're not. God provides everything that you need right now to live in his promise, to live in intimacy with him. Children of Israel had excuses. Look at chapter 16, verse 3. Now, understand what God has already done. I mean, get this. Here's what God's already done. God has defeated Pharaoh, one of the, most, uh, the, one of the world's superpowers. God has defeated Pharaoh. Children of Israel have escaped. He's parted the Red Sea. They walked through on dry ground. He has led them each day with a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, so that they know he is with them. God has done all of this. Now look at verse 3. Oh, they say, this is children of Israel talking to Moses and Aaron. Oh, that we had died at the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to, to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Oh, my goodness. They were complaining. Uh, that wasn't just a little complaint. That was a silly complaint. 
Now, the reason they complain is the reason we, we complain, and you and me. The reason we complain is because we are filled with discomfort, and we don't like this part of our journey, and so we complain about it. We don't like how deep the darkness is, and when, when we're walking in the darkness, all we can see is how dark it is, and so we get a little scared, a little stressed, a little fearful, and fearful people do crazy things, like tell God he doesn't care about them. Um, And so we start getting a little anxious, a little mad, a little mean, because we're scared. All we can see is the darkness, and we fail to understand that the darkness is merely a backdrop by which God shines the light of his love in a brighter way. Children of Israel were walking in the darkness. They started complaining, and what they didn't understand is that God had already provided everything they needed to live in his promise, and in providing what they needed, God also determined that he would step into their problem with supernatural provision. See, this is what God does. Can, if you get nothing else, get this. God makes it his business to step into the problems of his people with a supernatural provision. Children of Israel complaining because they don't have enough food to eat. You know what God does? He takes care of it. God God says, okay, you're hungry. Let me step into your problem. I'm going to give you quail in the evening hour. I'm going to give you manna during the day. Verse 18 of chapter 16 says, essentially says, I'm going to give you exactly what you need, not more, not less, but everything you need for this day. I'm going to give you that so that you will live day by day according to the provisions that I make. God stepped into the problem with children of Israel. They were thirsty. So God, in chapter 17, gives them water from a rock. God is a God who steps into the problem of the children of Israel uh, with a supernatural provision. There were quail where, uh, in the wilderness of Zim and, uh, Zin and, and, and uh, uh, the, the other places where they would be in the wilderness. They, there were quail there. They just weren't quail a foot thick, uh, foot deep as, as God provided. God took natural resources and did use them in a supernatural way to step into the problem that his people had. And that's what God has done. That's the story of Jesus, by the way. You know that's the story of Jesus. Jesus is God stepping into our problem. What is our problem? Our problem is sin. We're separated from God because of our sin. Every person here, every person here, every single one of us, we are separated from God by our sin. Our sin has created a chasm between us and God that we cannot cross. And no matter how much we try, no matter how many sweet songs we sing, no matter how many religious things that we do, we cannot bridge the distance between us and a holy God. Our sin has created a chasm that is too broad for us to cross. But God stepped into our problem and provided us a supernatural solution. John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Verse 14, John 1, 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That is God, the creator of the universe, stepping into humanity, into the skin and the sandals of a man. Philippians 2 says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. This Jesus is God become flesh, stepping into our problem to provide 
for our forgiveness through Christ's death on the cross, through his resurrection from the dead. When we place our faith in him, we who were far from God have been brought near because God has provided a solution for our sins problem. He's given us Jesus. Today, I, I want to invite you to understand that the God who rescued you from sin, the penalty of sin and the pain of sin and the cell of sin, this same God is the God who looks at your bank account and understands what your need is and is ready to step into your problem and provide a supernatural solution. He, he's the God that looks at your relationships, how broken or fragile they may be, and he is the God who is stepping into your problem, even the ones that you've made. And he's stepping into those problems, and he is ready to give you a supernatural solution. This is the God who looks at your own heart, longing and yearning, the fears, the bitterness, the hurt, the pain. And he's ready to step into your problem and provide a supernatural response. Solution, provision. This is who God is. See, the one thing about children of Israel, I wouldn't recommend their complaint, but I certainly recommend their honesty. We get together in this room and we pretend like we got it all together and we have no needs and we have no struggles and we have no problems and no fears. Maybe it's time for us to stop playing that silly game that nobody really believes and start getting honest about our failures, our problems, our struggles, our fears, our concerns. Maybe it's time for us to cry out to God authentically and honestly. Say, God, I need your help. And God's ready to put his hand on your shoulder right now and say, I'm with you. And as long as you're with me, it's going to be okay. God steps into our problems with supernatural provision. The second thing we see from Exodus 20 is that God shows us that his provision, shows us his provision for a satisfied life. I want you to get this, okay? So everybody get that. I don't usually do this. The definition of a satisfied life. We all want it. Every person here wants a satisfied life. Here's the definition. A satisfied life is living in sync with the will of God. A dissatisfied life is living out of sync with the will of God. How do we know the will of God? That's the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20 is a rehearsal of the Ten Commandments. Jesus summed them up uh, like this. He said, the, the commandments are summed up. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments that God gives us, it reminds me of the story of the uh, child and, and, and a six-year-old child in a life group Sunday school. Uh, the teacher asks, how many uh, commandments are there? And the little boy looks up and says, too many. <laughs> we all feel like that at different times. But, but the truth is, God has given us his commandments to show us certain things. First, shows us God's design for a satisfied life. 
the reason God gave these 10 is that he wanted the children of Israel and wanted us to understand if we will follow the 10, then we can have a satisfied life. The problem is, uh, not only does it show us the perfect design for a satisfied life, it also shows us our imperfections. If you go through the list of 10, if you go through Jesus interpreting the Ten Commandments in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7, you'll begin to understand that you keep none of them. Not one. That you and I have failed to keep even one of the Ten Commandments perfectly. I know all of us like to think, well, yeah, I'd never do that or this or the other. I mean, I've kept them all. I just... I've only fubbed, uh, f- uh, uh, messed up on, on, on one or two. Well, no, that's not true. See, we all have fallen short. I mean, way short of God's standard of righteousness. And so that, that's what the Ten show us, is the Ten Commandments show us how, how that we are in need of a Savior. And oh, what a Savior God has provided. You see, when we look at the Ten Commandments, it should focus us in on the fact that we cannot be perfect. We can't can't reach a satisfied life for ourselves. Anytime we fail in any of the ten, we are walking a dissatisfied life because we're out of sync with the will of God. But the minute, the minute we see Jesus, our rescuer, we see the way to a satisfied life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, that when we're in Christ Jesus, when we have relationship uh, with him, there is therefore now no condemnation. When we're in Christ, there's no condemnation. Why? Because Jesus came to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law, which he did perfectly. And then Romans 8, 4 says that he takes the righteous requirement of the law that he fulfilled And he gives it to us so that we now have righteously fulfilled the requirement of the law. I want you to understand the transaction of grace. We're sinners. Christ is perfectly righteous. Jesus died on a cross for our sin, was raised from the dead, so that when we place our faith in Jesus, we give him the penalty of our sin, which he kills on the cross, and he gives us his righteousness, so that the only way for you and me to find a satisfied life is through Jesus Christ, not through your friends, not through your buddies, not through your music, not through your work, not through your time, not through your energies, not through your hobbies, not through your golf, not through your fishing, not through any of those things. That is not the pathway to a satisfied life. The only pathway to a satisfied life is through faith in Jesus Christ and walking intimately with him. But the question then comes for us as followers of Christ what happens when we get out of sync? Uh, I was doing grilling this past week, and uh, Labor Day, I was doing uh, grilling and, and uh, grr, grr, grilling. You, you kind of got to growl a little bit when you talk, grr, I was grilling. Um, and as I was grilling, uh, we had uh, some, some grease fire go on in the bottom of the grill. It was a mess. And so uh, I took the opportunity to clean that up. And so I turned the gas off. It was a gas grill. So I turned the gas off, and still the fire was going at the bottom of the grill. You know how it is because it's all messy. And so uh, the fire's still going, but I'm cleaning, okay? Well, I, I have two dogs. Y'all know I have two dogs, Lulu and Lola. And Lola, Lola is a chihuahua. And Lulu is a Westie. I know not much of dogs, but they're our dogs. 
Anyway, so, so these two dogs, they love it when I grill, and they'll go around the bottom of the grill, and they'll just, just they, they get whatever scrap, uh, whatever liquid is at the bottom. Man, they're, they're chewing that up. They're licking that up. They're so excited. And so here I am. I've got firebombs dropping, and they're at the bottom of the grill, and I'm scared for them. I think it, they can get hit, and they can get hurt, and then there's a vet bill, and I don't want to have to pay that. So, No. <laughs> Just for them. I don't want them to be hurt. So, so I'm looking at them, and, and, and they're there, and there's a mess. And so I say, move. And I say it sternly. And they don't care. <laughs> and, and so I say it even more sternly. Move. And they do that, and then they go back to their business. <laughs> and so finally, I rear back. And I say, move! And they finally run away. Well, I wasn't trying to be mean. I don't want to hurt my dogs. In fact, the reason I was telling them to move was because I was trying to protect them. You see, if they would listen to my voice, they would be safe. Well, we need to understand 19, uh, Exodus 19 verse 5 tells us, God says, if you listen to my voice you will be safe. Here we are today. God shows us the pathway to a satisfied life, living in sync with his will. Jesus has made a way for us to live in sync with his will. And so what do we need to do? Well, God provides, but we must obey. That's what we need to do. We need to obey. Obedience doesn't get us to heaven, but boy, it gives us a taste of what heaven's like while we walk this earth. As we obey the Lord, we're living in sync with the will of God. And, and by the way, you're going to get out of sync. Maybe uh, as you're watching your uh, favorite football team today, this afternoon, you're watching that favorite football team, and you de decide you're going to take the Lord's name in vain because of a bad play that, that goes on there. I, I know that's hypothetical, and nobody in the room would ever do anything like that. But there will be a moment as a follower of Jesus, you're going to get out of sync. And, and, and that is part of our dilemma as followers of Christ. But we feel God's hand on our shoulder. And he says, as long as you're with me, you're going to be okay. But in order to be with him, in order to be in sync, we've got to confess that sin immediately. We need to be constant repenters because we're pretty constant sinners, are we not? We need to make it right. Get back on the path of obedience. This, this is a beautiful picture for us. We're walking in the dark. Life is filled with challenges and, and difficulty. But God puts his hand on our shoulder and he says, don't worry, I got you. I got this. I know where you're going. I know exactly how to get you there safely. And as long as I'm with you. Everything's going to be okay. And we hear that and we know that. And that's life in sync to a satisfied life, living in obedience. But we get bowed up. And we decide, I don't really want to walk the way that his voice is leading me. So I go my own way. Anytime we walk away in disobedience to God, we're walking headlong into darkness and to danger See, God doesn't ever leave us, but boy, we walk away from him 
often. So maybe today what needs to happen is you need to come back and say, Oh God, I've walked a path that is outside of what you want and I've been living a dissatisfied life. So God, I confess my sin, whatever those things are. And I get back in sync with your will. I get back in sync with a satisfied life. Today, as we've gathered here, I pray that God would speak to your heart in a way that you would begin to understand as he's spoken through his word. That you would begin to understand that God does, if indeed you're a follower of Jesus, he has his hand on your shoulder. And he's saying, I know where you're going, and I'm with you. And as long as you listen to my voice, you'll be safe. I pray that you and I would listen to his voice today. Would you bow your heads with me, please? My prayer for us, first, is if you're here today and you do not have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, that you would listen to the voice of God calling you to himself, drawing you to himself, that you would today, this day, choose Christ, that you would turn from your sin and trust in the only hope that you have for a satisfied life. By faith, trust that Jesus died on a cross for your sin and was raised from the dead to give you new life. I pray today would be your day. As one who is far from God, that you would be brought near through your faith in Jesus Christ this day. If that's who you are and your desire is to be brought near to, Christ, near to God through faith in Christ, I invite you to come to one of the ministers here at the front and just share with them your heart's desire, and they'll help you with that. My prayer today is for every person here who has very practical personal needs, some of them profound. Will you be honest with God about your need? Will you ask God to step into your problem with his supernatural provision? This altar will be open for you to come and to lift up your request unto the Lord. Or maybe there are going to be ministers here. Maybe you just need somebody to pray with you and over you about this particular problem. We're here to help. Maybe here today, you've been trying to find a satisfied life in some other pathway other than God's design, and you wonder, you've been wondering why it is that you feel so disconnected, out of sync, dissatisfied, but today you realize it's because you're, you're trying to do life in a way that is outside of what God has said leads to satisfaction. So today, my prayer for you is that you would come to this altar in repentance and confession to get back in sync with the will of God. Father, in these moments as we look to you, I pray that you would once again prove your faithfulness, the needs that we have in our heart, the, the, the poignant needs, the powerful needs, the ones that keep us up at night. I pray that you would speak, step into those problems with a supernatural provision for us, for my family, for, for, for this, uh, those who have gathered here today. Speak. Now I pray that you would be glorified as we see and celebrate once again 
your faithful love stretching out toward us. Now be glorified as we worship you. In this name of Jesus we pray. Amen.